Hello and welcome to Freight Club. Today, our spotlight is on the construction industry. One of the largest sectors of the UK economy, the construction industry employs over 3.1 million people, which is 9% of the overall workforce. But it's an industry that's going through tough times in 2023. Output is forecast to fall 4.7% this year after two strong years, according to the CPA. So against this tough economic backdrop, we're going to explore how businesses in the industry can use partnerships in their inbound and outbound supply chain to grow. Joining me for the discussion is Anya Novak from the UK government's Department for Business and International Trade, previously just the Department for International Trade, but having recently gone through a restructuring to better support businesses. Anya is a specialist in the construction industry, able to highlight some great resources that business leaders in the space can use to drive growth in these turbulent times. Brilliant. So thanks uh, very much, Anya, for for joining me on the WTA Group podcast today, talking about the the construction sector on the whole and and how partnerships can can benefit businesses in this space and the, the sort of tools that are out there to help businesses in this space grow. Because, uh, you know, we're not going to dwell on the negatives too much. You know, we're going to keep this a a very positive podcast. But it it does seem like a a tough time for the construction sector at the moment. Yeah, morning, Scott. Good to be here. Yeah, thanks for the introduction. It is a tricky time. I think it's not just the construction sector that's affected. There are other sectors as well that are, are struggling. I think What I would say, though, is the Department for Business and Trade, or DBT for short, is here to support UK companies in every facet, whether that be just acting as a sounding board and talking to us or utilising some of the webinar support that we have on offer or equally getting in touch with our overseas networks and, and getting their advice as well. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right that uh, you know it's it's a tricky time across the board, really. I suppose um, you know the the economic impacts of, of COVID have being felt by pretty much every sector. Is that kind of the the big pain point that that businesses in the construction space are, are talking to you about at the moment? Is that what's coming back to you a lot at events and those kind of things? That's a really interesting question, Scott. It's um, it isn't just one thing. I mean, of course, the pandemic hit us all in a way that I don't think we could have ever imagined. So yes, pandemic certainly has taken its toll and I think the repercussions will go on for for some time and I don't think we'll ever really know the financial impact or emotional impact. Other things that people do have as pain points, finances in many ways, it's always helpful if companies can be supported financially. Some don't need it as much as others but I think for some in the past the department has been able to offer financial support to companies to help get them overseas. Legislation is also an issue if if companies are dealing with different countries they have to be aware of local legislation so their product or service needs to abide by the law within that country or territory or or zone or you know however however that market works other things as well i think just finding the right contacts everybody comes to us regardless of size they just need to be put in front of the right contacts and what the 
working with Department for Business and Trade can can assist on there is we're always impartial, by the way, that's a asset of UK government civil service work, but we can work with you regardless of your size. And we find that if a, an embassy introduces a UK company and they have the use the embassy crest or the consulate general crest, it does bring a lot of kudos with it rather mm. than, let's say, Joe Bloggs limited trying to approach uh france let's say or america for the first time and they're an unknown name we can actually put our mark on it as as well although it is you the uk company doing all the selling we can perhaps bolster that a little bit with some embassy recognition as well yeah that's that's a really interesting point actually that that perhaps people wouldn't consider but but that kind of official crest it, it makes it a very different sell doesn't it It, it, rather than than going at it alone it can do yes and also what we've done in the past and this does happen as well is that companies can and there is a small fee involved in this and it depends what the ask is really people have in the past been able to hire out rooms at embassies and consulate generals and hold receptions for buyers and and you know that's been really attractive for the buyers because the invite has gone out on the letterhead of that embassy or consulate the the embassy helps to make that product or service attractive so that Mm. that's something we can offer as well i mean you've touched on a couple of these earlier on uh in your answers and i just wanted to address them more specifically you mentioned about how you your overseas network and you've talked a bit about the embassies there you know what Mm. what sort of specific things are uh are the Department for Business and Trade running at the moment to to help firms sort of ride out these these times that we've discussed that are a bit tricky? Yeah, I mean, in terms of sort of general inquiries, a company or their trade advisor, so I'll bring up the the notion of the trade advisor as well. The uh, trade advisor can work directly with the company and they will be their signposter for all aspects of what dbt can offer so the trade advisor or the company themselves can complete this little inquiry form and say we've got a product or services they will then get a response back within two working days for europe and they will be put in touch with someone who can help but yeah just going back to what i was saying the trade advisor the international trade advisor or ita for short there's over 200 of these people dotted around in england and Also, they have representation in the devolved administrations. Now, every UK company can access one of these trade advisors. Their time is free, paid for by taxpayers. And the trade advisor can meet people in person. They can do a Teams call to really understand what the issues are. We don't make the decisions for them. So that's very, very clear from the first meeting. The company makes the decisions, but we can help, support, guide and advise. I mean, other things we do as well, we run many events, trade missions, exhibitions, we run webinars so people can learn about how to, you know, become more clean, more green in in line with the, the race to net zero. We really cover the whole journey from someone who's not really thought about exporting all the way through to those people who have been, you know, been doing it for years. Yeah, I was I was I was going to talk uh, a bit later about about the idea that perhaps people don't realise that there is help 
across across the whole journey and and how you know there's a there's a there's a masterclass section of the export academy which is specifically aimed at established exporters but just before i sort of focus a bit more on that it sounds like the the, the department for business and trade uh, as an organization you're you're a big believer that that partnerships and not going at it alone can really help drive exporting growth yeah i would agree with that i mean even just within the DBT itself. So I cover the whole of the Midlands region. I work with companies in the Northern Powerhouse and the South region. So we are very much aligned and we are approaching overseas markets together, as it were. So we can make a bigger splash if there's more people going over. It's very attractive for the buyers as well. There is a lot of help available and the companies don't always know what help. There's that old adage, you don't know what you don't know. I remember the first time I heard that, I thought, oh, that's a bit strange. But actually, it's it's very true. And companies, when they're starting out on the export journey, again, if be it product or service, can often get a little bit caught out when they step into sort of unknown territory. And what we try to do is to link companies up with people like trade associations. There's some really big ones for construction. There's a construction equipment association, construction products association. I mean, those are two of the, the big ones I work with. There's there's lots of them. So there is support from those types of associations as well. But I think even in terms of smaller companies maybe becoming part of a bigger supply chain, I know various opportunities for working together with other companies and form a sort of consortia of different companies so that they can club together and, and put a, a joint offer in sometimes more attractive to the end buyer rather than dealing with 200 separate suppliers. Are you saying that's that's through these associations? Because I was going to ask, you know, you, you mentioned the Construction Products Association there among a few others. I was going to ask yeah. like specifically, you know, what, what sort of help can exporters get from those organisations? Is is it mainly that that consortium buying that you've just spoken about there or are there other aspects that, that's it? that's a good question I, I i wouldn't like to to answer on on their behalf to what extent they could link people up certainly that might be something they could do again it would be the the responsibility of that uk company ultimately to engage with the consortia and to to get that relationship going but the let me give an example the construction equipment association has had a uk pavilion at a very big construction show called bauma which takes place every three years in munich in germany so they have a uk pavilion and uk companies of various different sizes can take advantage of that pavilion so the 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 beauty of that is it's almost really a springboard for uk companies they maybe go for the first time or the second time on the uk pavilion They have the kudos of being associated with the Construction Equipment Association, which is nearly 150 members, very well represented across the globe. There is the union flag flying above the pavilion. Um, It's really attractive in terms of marketing because they're in the catalogue. Everybody knows where the UK pavilion is. I mean, in terms of other things, the Construction Equipment Association will, they put on an event in the UK called Plant Works in June and their members as well as non-members and international buyers can come and take advantage of that it's the uk's biggest working construction event Mm. similarly construction products association 
has worked together with businesses and taken them overseas to pavilions at overseas construction events. So they're really there in a similar vein to us to help people get out there and to minimise risk. Yeah, so I suppose the, the, the top line here is that, that you know, partnerships can take many forms and, and there's many organisations out there that people can speak to and, and get assistance from. So I just want to go back to the, to the earlier point that I mentioned about experienced exporters. And do you think there's perhaps a lot out there that aren't aware of the, the help that the uh, Department for Business and Trade can offer experienced exporters? Do you think there's an assumption that um, it, it's, it's sort of more geared towards first time exporters? I think that is very much the case for those who have been exporting for a long time. Again, be that a product or a service, they do things the way they want to do. They, you know, they make mistakes. We all make mistakes, but they will have over time refined that, I would imagine. But what I would say is, yes, we are geared up to help the the starters, the beginners, let's say, and that's through the Export Academy. But in terms of the offer for the more experienced exporters, Again, you know, being able to use rooms at embassies and consulates, that's something anybody can do. Again, there's, there will be a, slight, a, a small fee for that, depending on what the, the service looks like and what the event is. S- similarly, experienced exporters can also take advantage of being part of the UK Pavilion. They can take advantage of coming under our LinkedIn post, social media activity. You know, it's not just about promoting the, the smaller companies. Of course, SMEs are the, the lifeblood, but we are here to represent all UK companies. Um, and it's also true in, in my research, you know, I've been scouring around the uh, the Department for Business and International Trades website and, and I've been on the, the Export Academy that we've referenced a few times. There's lots of sector specific content as well. What sort of stuff have you got going on at the moment for the construction sector uh, happening perhaps this year that, that people should be aware of? Yeah, we've got some really exciting events coming up, actually. We're working very closely with the team in Australia and New Zealand who will be talking with us, hopefully in June time, about opportunities in those markets. We're also talking with France as well. Again, they, the offices over there will be looking at doing a webinar to present opportunities. Denmark as well. I mean, there are lots and lots and lots. These are just some very recent ones or ones that are coming up soon. In terms of um, sort of help and advice, we do have some country reports on the website. So if you go into gov.uk and put in, let's go back to France, let's say French information, you will get some basic country overviews there. You can also dig a bit deeper, excuse the uh, the pun there, and uh, access some construction information. But I think what we tend to do these days is rather than to just print a lot of information that's out of date as soon as it's printed, if companies do want more bespoke information, we can offer that for them. It's a chargeable service called uh, the Overseas Market Introduction Service, or OMIS for short, and they can go anywhere in the world and request that bespoke market research and that can ask for pretty much anything you can ask to be introduced to agents or distributors you can ask for an overview of your product or service in that particular territory it's entirely up to you what you ask for and the cost will be dependent on the ask but that's very much a 
tailored service that we offer, which is uh, quite unique to us, I think. Yeah, I've, I've heard a bit about the OMIS reports, in fact, from owners of businesses who have said how good they are, basically, because I, th- I think if I remember them saying to me, the, the value is the fact that there, there is that kind of local contact because you have overseas connections being the DBT. You're really able to get granular detail on a market that you can't get searching through the Internet. You know, it's really granular and bespoke research that those OMIS reports offer. Yeah, I would agree with that. What I would also stress is the time that we spend with the company beforehand, getting the brief right, helping them get the brief right is absolutely vital because the interpretation of that will result in, you know, a good appropriate report. So we work really hard with the companies to get that brief appropriate to their product or service. Absolutely agree with what you're saying. The the colleagues who are overseas are very often nationals of that country or territory. They speak the language. Some of them are multilingual. They're in the right time zone so they can approach local companies or partners. And it has to be something more than just going on to whatever search engine you decide to go on to. I could go on to a search engine and look up, you know, the top 10 contractors in France, let's say. But if you if you want a partnership, we look at things a bit more strategically. It's got to be about introducing the right personalities together, you know, that matching that demand with the supply. Mm, that's always yeah. the tricky bit it's always that marriage and it's quite can be quite subtle no i think it's uh it's great as i say i've only i've only heard very good things about these obus reports so uh they are uh they seem like an extremely valuable service in an earlier answer you mentioned about the events that you've got talking about the australian market now i wanted to focus a bit more on that if that's okay because the the UK has signed a free trade deal with Australia, which is uh, looks set to come into force at the end of May. Yes. Um, are the Department for Business and Trade seeing this as a sort of significant development for the construction sector? Are you expecting that to open up opportunities for, for UK firms? Yeah, I, I absolutely think so. Yeah. In terms of the speed of that, it might not be an overnight thing. Uh, that, that doesn't tend to be the case for construction um, jobs. I mean, it, it, if it's products, possibly, uh, but the, perhaps for the bigger equipment, it it, do, it can take time. But I think it's that notion that we are here, we are ready to do business. We've got plenty, plenty of excellent suppliers of goods and services and we are really trying to get near to our colleagues in Australia and New Zealand to, to find those opportunities. They are out there in the territory again. They're in the right time zone. They are, again, la- language issues, not so much with Australia and New Zealand, certainly for us in, in, in Britain. But it's about them putting the opportunities in front of us and really trying to get in there early so that we can marry those those partnerships. But yeah. I think it can only be a good thing that we are, we're a global trader. We we have been for hundreds of years and that will not change. Yeah. And it's it, that is one of several free trade uh, agreements that, that the UK has been agreeing recently. They've joined the CPTPP, uh, which is a group of uh, countries in the Indo-Pacific. Um, you know, that there's talk of of a free trade deal with India, I think is at sort of the eighth round of talks at this point. Mm-hmm. So, you know, neg- negotiations on that. It does feel like there's a very sort of pro-business agenda here um, being set out and that it feels as though taking advantage of these kind of deals as they appear 
could be a, a worthwhile endeavour for, for businesses in the construction space. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I think one thing I would recommend is is to, you know, get in touch with us. If you go on to gov.uk and put in find your local Department of Business and Trade office, pop in your postcode and you will get your local office. Give them a ring, email them, go through the online portal and you'll get put in touch with a trade advisor. You know, do talk to us. Um, the, the lovely thing is with these free trade agreements is that the there's a lot of changes all the time. And what we're trying to do is to facilitate that trade. It's not always easy. We appreciate that exporting or international trade can have its moments. Uh, I was in international trade for 15 years before I worked with the DBT. I've been with DBT for 10 years. So I know when it goes right, it can be spectacularly wonderful. And when it goes a little bit wrong, you know, it, it can give you a little bit of a headache. So what we're trying to do is really facilitate those partnerships, make it slightly easier. And I think these FTAs, the result of those, will long term make it easier on both sides to trade. And that's ultimately the goal. And yeah, I mean, in terms of exports out of the UK, we're looking at hitting one trillion pounds of exports by the end of the decade. It's quite a big ask. We're, I think we were just under 820 billion last year. There's huge growth in construction. We've got a lot of capability in the UK, and I really hope we can smash that target i'm sure we can with the, yeah. the capacity we've got out there so just to to kind of wrap wrap this up there's been you know loads of uh, great information about the different partnerships and the different uh, bits of help that, that businesses can get in the construction sector when they're exporting what would your closing piece of advice be then to to businesses in the construction sector who are uh, looking to export or, or already exporting and, and thinking about expanding that portfolio I would highly recommend that people talk to the Department for Business and Trade, find a local trade advisor. There's lots on offer. Most of what we offer is free. We're paid for by taxpayers like your good selves. You know, we want to help you. We want to help grow the exports of this country. There's plenty of help available. That help does change constantly as well. So and we, we're very well networked with other set up such as the chambers of commerce the various catapults that are dotted around the country so do please talk to us and we can guide you and support you yeah that's been great that's been really insightful um and and i've certainly learned a lot about uh, the, the construction space and, and the help that's out there for businesses so i hope the listeners have as well so thanks very much for joining me today Anya. okay you're very very welcome <laughs>